0: Hello everybody and welcome to Real Classy, the podcast where I talk to friends of mine about old black and white movies to... I I still don't have like a really good reason for why I'm doing this. Anyway, my guest today is uh, accomplished filmmaker and photographer and I think dancer and writer and stuff like that, right? (laughs) Uh, Tanya Musgrave. Hello, uh,
1: Tanya. Hi. <laughs> I wouldn't throw some of those in there,
0: but <laughs> hi. Uh, and We are talking about the 1942 classic Casablanca.
1: Woo-hoo. One of the,
0: obviously, the movie most people would probably think about when they think about a black and white movie.
1: <laughs> and with good reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Mm. Um, so Tanya, before we get started, why don't you go ahead and tell the listener a little bit about uh, a little bit about who you are. <laughs>
1: my name is Tanya Musgrave, and I am probably first a photographer these days. Um, I do film, but my forte is probably photography, and probably a bit of um, compositing on the side. And I am not sure what else to say. <laughs>
0: That's totally fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Tanya. Uh, you suggested this movie Casablanca mm-hmm. what I mean, I guess I don't really have to ask why you might suggest it. But what is your prior relationship to this movie before this podcast?
1: Um, Actually, OK, uh, back in college, they had us take a class called film evaluation and mm-hmm. we watched a lot of old movies. In fact, that was the first class I ever saw a black and white movie um, or a silent movie. Um, you had
0: never watched a black and white. I movie had before never film seen, though?
1: yeah, never. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. So I had gotten all the way to college without ever seeing a black and white film, which is really sad in a lot of points. And but, um, I it, it was pretty cool because I even I was sitting next to my professor when we were watching this movie, and he just said, "Here's looking at you, kid." I'm just like, oh, is that where this <laughs> came from? <laughs> I was just like, oh my lands, this is fantastic. And then you hear all the other iconic lines, and you're just like, ah, you get caught up in the cinematography and how good it looks, and I don't know, the golden age of Hollywood is just so special, but I think as of late, I don't know, I just got done um, um, doing cinematography for a documentary, it's more a docudrama, and uh, it was concerning Bonhoeffer in World War II, and so... Mm -hmm. I, I had actually never heard of Bonhoeffer before I started on that either. And
0: I, quick thing, I like how you said in the in your intro that you were not as much doing film now, and then you just said that you just did cinematography in a documentary.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it happens. It happens sometimes. But yeah, it, no, that's great. I that's mean, great. It's not. Um, I, I guess it's not uh, what what I'm doing for the for the most part. I love doing cinematography, but, yeah, it's not what I'm doing for, like, the most of my time. Right, anyway. sure.
0: But you, you you were doing this thing and you hadn't heard of Bonhoeffer before? Yeah,
1: no, no, no. I had never heard of him. I, you know, I didn't really know anything about the July 20 plot, um, Valkyrie, uh, mm-hmm. or how Bonhoeffer was even wrapped up in all of that. And, I don't know, being part of that and hearing a lot of the Bonhoeffer scholars and just a lot of the stories revolving around, Hitler and occupied, you know, whatever, what have you, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it like that. It, it's kind of made me uh, uh, like perk up my ears a little bit more when anything World War II related is happening. And so I don't know. Yeah. That's that's uh, that was my fascination this time around. The first time around, I was just caught up in the love story because I was like, ah, it's like gut wrenching. But now it's just like, oh man, this is what life was really like. There are so many facets that that went into world war ii i mean they were in the middle of it so you don't they they didn't even realize how significant it would become anyway right this
0: movie was made in 1942 which is still now (laughs) this is this is a interesting thing I'm kind of nodding along with what you're saying. I'm super ignorant about World War II. When we were talking about Citizen Kane, I think Citizen Kane came out in 41 or 42. And I was like, I believe this is pre-World War II. <laughs> like, I'm like really dumb. But <laughs> it's good that you, that you have been researching this because you can give me a little bit of perspective on what the actual stakes were in this movie as well. Um. It is
1: interesting. I mean, I, I am by no means a historian, but it's just interesting to me. And I feel smart when I talk about it, but it's not, it's not something that I, I know a lot about, but it's, it's for something. Okay. History was ruined for me in, it was because a teacher of mine was obsessed with history in like seventh and eighth grade, both, both seventh and eighth grade. And he ruined history for me. I did not want to learn anything about history. It was like my most detested subject and yeah, it was just boring to me, but I don't know. Like it's it's become a whole lot more interesting as of late. So
0: that's <laughs> anyway. awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. And that's that's one thing also that these movies, uh, like having having recorded a few episodes now and looking at all these old movies that I'd never seen before, it's making the inter- the the history and the period of when they were made seem a lot more real. Like seem a lot more like oh, this was really a time that people lived in, and this is how. Mm-hmm they saw the world essentially mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: for sure um so let's go ahead and get into talking about the movie yeah i have a few talking points that i've written down here uh-huh. um that i have to open up on my phone because i'm not prepared okay <laughs> so first thing uh that struck me when i started watching this movie by the way this is the first time i've seen casablanca <gasps> yeah i've i've been we didn't watch it in my film about class and i've been uh I've been wanting to watch this movie, like looking for an excuse to watch it for like years, like five, <laughs> six years now. So I'm really yeah. glad that you suggested it. Um, and I was, first off, really kind of blown away at the cinematography. Yeah. Um, they've got all these moving master shots that just kind of keep going throughout the scene. Mm. And I think a lot of them are like still really good moving master shots for like today's standards mm-hmm. of cinematography yeah and so that was something that you know like i just watched his girl friday the uh, other day and yeah. there's a lot of like you know more static camera uh-huh. more kind of like all the movement was might- in their
1: was in their dialogue <laughs> Yeah,
0: like things might pan from one side of a room yeah. to the other, but it's still very much like yeah. you're seeing half of the room. And I feel like it this, might have they're...
1: almost been overwhelming if there was more. I mean, like their their dialogue was like quick fire.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yep. in this, like they're moving through Rick's, and you're like moving and seeing kind of the entire facility there Mm -hmm. and you've got crane shots and you've got dolly shots that i feel like i didn't think that they were really doing stuff like that back in 1942
1: yeah yeah Uh,
0: i didn't really realize that people would had that like i thought the cameras were like the size of refrigerators back then (laughs) i'm pretty ignorant about (laughs) i actually looked up the
1: camera that they used and it was pretty cool um but it was uh it it was really interesting to go on imdb and and read Mm -hmm. all the trivia about it Um, because I was struck by more the lighting and the shadows because Mm -hmm. it was, it was all, I mean, of course, duh, it's classic Hollywood, but, ah, so gorgeous. And I was curious what kind of either like filter or, I don't know, I know that sometimes they would put, um, say like pantyhose or some sort of, uh, Mm -hmm. thing. Some kind of
0: sheer fabric. Sheer
1: fabric in between the lens mount and the, the, the film, but. To give it
0: kind of like a halo effect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could definitely see that, (laughs) or whatever they did to it, I could definitely Mm -hmm. see that in a lot of her close-ups. I mean, it would be like crisp as anything, and then it'd just be like, foo, fuzzy, and you know, all that. So, I mean, it was still gorgeous, but I was struck by all the shadows. Um, I I especially really liked it when he went to the safe. Uh, Loved that when he, because at he the saw very beginning. his silhouette yeah, yeah. On the i back mean like that's there. that's yeah. all about noir it's so it's so great and i was also interested in how they got catchlights in her eyes so well when a lot of the times it's just so low-key especially in the low-key moments her eyes mm-hmm. were just like sparkling everywhere it was like what yeah. how in the world did they do that <laughs> but yeah because i i was noticing i'm just like all right how do they do that without like putting light on her, because there doesn't seem to be a lot of light on right, her. Right, right. But yeah, I just it would be. I assume very that there's like a candle
0: sitting on top of the lens or something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. Seriously, I yeah, I was it was really cool. Anyway, I I really liked yeah. the cinematography as well, the lighting in particular.
0: Absolutely, I would I would say it's like probably one of my favorite parts of the movie mm-hmm. because story-wise this wasn't really what i was expecting at all <laughs> i was i was picturing it to be more of a love story mm-hmm. and i feel like it's more of a story of heartbreak than it is a love story
1: mm-hmm. Well, like it's really. I feel like it's it's heartbreak in the midst of something that's a greater good, you know, uh, and that's that's exactly what they were coming that is what they were going exactly, through, yeah. But um, really quick, back to the cinematography. I okay. did read one of the one of the facts is like it's it's it said <laughs> that some of the the shadows or most of the shadows were actually painted on the wall, and I that's thought that cool. was fascinating.
0: That's really cool.
1: But I. And I like because I because I watched it again. Okay, this is really dumb because yeah. like I, I watched it two times. Um, the first one is I, I I had a really hard time <laughs> deciphering what they're actually saying because you know that transatlantic accent, you know, of the old time movies. It's it's sometimes <laughs> right. it, sometimes it's hard to catch. And so I <laughs> I found um, the, uh, a PDF of the original script, which is really cool because some, uh, they also included some scenes that were not in there, and. Oh. Um, they it wow you talk about their dialogue their comebacks their all of that stuff i mean that was all in there but watching it again um you really get a sense of um i don't know yeah uh, hold on what were we what what were we just talking about uh cinematography like, the cinematography no no, and the no, shadows, no, no 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 after that
0: <laughs> the the story how it's not a love story it's like no nope, no nope,
1: no nope, after that
0: <laughs> uh you were saying you watched it again and oh, it was and you started watching it and you were reading the script and
1: Ah dang it. I had I had a point. It sorry. It was about understanding more of the context that it all happened in. Because mm-hmm. it was it was in the middle of of the war. Right. I mean it's like this is actually happening. I mean, I, I actually thought a lot of uh the interview. With James Franco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never saw that, but the whole entire controversy that surrounded it. I mean, it was something that was going on right now.
0: Right, exactly. Because this was a movie that came out during World War II about mm -hmm. World War II. Yeah. And it was uh the the movie really it feels like the point of the movie is that line of the problems of three people don't amount to a hill of beans in this mixed up crazy world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: it really is that's that's their idea. It's like, oh, we have these personal, like, romantic problems that we're dealing with, but mm-hmm. World War Two is happening right yeah,
1: now. Yeah, and this is what and it's it's all for the greater good and putting things aside to fight for the greater good. I just I, I just thought it was very interesting story wise. Um, and how much more of a political film it really was, because um, originally I think they actually had—I um, don't know—it it was just incredible to me to see how anti-Nazi they were during mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the war. I mean, this is this is pretty blatantly against that, and and even even a lot of the actors in Casablanca um, in Rick's, sorry, a lot yeah. of the actors had. Ties to that, they were either refugees that had actually escaped, or they, you know, a lot of people like for when they they um, stood up and sang, what is it, La Marcelles?
0: Right, um, I've, I, I yeah. get the uh, sensation that's like a national anthem type thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they sang that, a lot of those people in there had actually escaped, or you know, something along those lines. They had some ties to it, including uh, Major Strasser. You know, he had a Jewish wife and he was ex- mm. extremely anti-Nazi. And I don't know, just seeing that actually happen for real, they, we don't really know. I don't know. They didn't really know the extent of the situation. I mean, once we got 50 years out, we could see we're just like, oh, dang, like this is what this is the big picture of what was going on. This is what right. the concentration yeah. camps were like. This is, you know, yeah, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I mean- you see all of that, but the fact that they could come out with something so poignant while in the midst of this, I don't know, it's extremely impressive yeah. to me.
0: It's And that's, I think, part of why it became so um, uh, monumental or whatever. Why mm-hmm. it's still remembered now as that typical classic movie was because it was something that was very much like... Talking about the time that it was in. And it was very relevant to the time. Mm-hmm. That's why when when I watch it now. It's a little bit surprising. That it's like. Oh this isn't really like how movies are now. This isn't really this quite the same. As how they tell stories these days. Um, but for the people watching it then. It was like this is what's happening. Right now in the world. And this is like what some people are actually going through. Mm-hmm. And it's just. it's I think that that is part of what solidified. Its place in history.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's something that, it makes it incredibly impacting to think of, what, what this meant to people. I don't know. Yeah. They got the script. I think they they green uh green it. <laughs> I don't know whatever that term is. <laughs> I think they accepted this script.
0: <laughs> right. Either uh, Decided to acceptable. make it the
1: day after Pearl Harbor happened, and so. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, so they were a little bit past it. I mean, like, it wasn't like this was 42, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, like, it was, it was the
0: world war two end. It was, wasn't it like,
1: was it 45?
0: That's what I always thought.
1: Yeah. The world war two period was 1939 to 1945. So they were quite smack dab in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then 40, this was in 42
0: that it came out,
1: that it came out, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause yeah. Pearl Harbor happened December 7th, 1941. They got this script right after that happened. They got December eight. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh-huh. And it takes place in 1939. Mm, yeah. So it's like looking back a little bit at what people were dealing with a couple of years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um, So I guess by this point, like, essentially, they're looking back to prior to the war having escalated to the point of Pearl Harbor Mm -hmm. kind of thing. They're looking at the at uh, more of the stirring of the pot that hasn't quite come to a boil yet, at least from an American standpoint. For other parts of the world, like they said, it's like the devil has the people by the throat in I forget if she said where what country she she said she was from.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting to see the stuff that was going on right there. I mean, even even surrounding the release. Yeah. Um, I don't know it, it, because I remember they mentioned something. What was it?
0: <laughs> oh wow! For for the listener, Tanya has. A giant notebook full of it notes not that giant, she's apparently written down. It is down. a
1: moleskin notebook. <laughs> I scratched it's... some things down because I wanted to remember them. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, where they They had to decide what to keep in and what to keep out based on whether or not it was going to be released into allied territory or not. I mean, uh, like, that kind of stuff. It's just, like, yeah. stuff that they had to, to shape stuff around. I mean, they had to shape their ideologies and whatever um, – dialogue they had to take some lines out some was for the (laughs) some was for because of the censors and then others were because of where they planned to release it and whether or not it would have been okay in those parts right
0: yeah yeah, because it could it could potentially Mm -hmm. lead to trouble for people like it could potentially put people in danger depending on where it came out i assume
1: yeah yeah well for sure uh, like they could have made it even more blatantly anti-nazi um you know when they were singing that german national anthem um, they were actually going to use a song that was it, it was their it was basically the theme of the third Reich um mm-hmm. and so that would have made it even more a dig in there and their side kind of thing but if because they weren't going to release it only in allied to- territory they had to make it a whole lot more tame
0: <laughs> right anyway. Yeah. yeah anyway
1: yeah I thought it was anyway
0: um so <laughs> i wanted to ask you this though um it, like throughout the story you're hearing about laszlo's work that he's doing for the uh for the allies right mm-hmm. for the allies yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't a nazi was he that would have made the movie a lot different um
1: yeah no i don't believe so i don't <laughs> believe so i don't remember
0: but he uh i was just wondering if you had any more perspective on what kind of work they were actually talking about, like what would, what would he have been doing that was so important?
1: You know, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I I do know that there are incredibly, I don't know. There are multiple, multiple movements to stop this. I mean, even just thinking of multiple plots to kill Hitler um, Mm -hmm. in so many different areas you had, you had British intelligence involved in it. You know, they had something called black propaganda where they would uh, pose as a German radio station and use their, their like, the strongest signal available. They would pump it in from Europe into, uh, sorry, from Britain into... Into Germany? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they would, you know, just spread lies. And, you know, like, for the most part, what they broadcasted was true. But um, when they have... When, when you have like endeavors like that going on at the same time as the endeavors of bonhoeffer and operation flash you know the people part of the the german resistance you had them going in and then you had other people you know um uh audrey hepburn you know mm-hmm. she w- was a dancer and you know danced to mm-hmm. help raise money yeah, yeah yeah she was doing what
0: <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs>
1: And I, was, I was just like, man, I missed that bit of history. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> one she of the was... first
0: astronauts, Shirley Temple was the first woman in space. Uh, Audrey Hepburn was on. She was in in Houston at the time. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs>
0: that was stupid. Go on. What were you saying about Audrey Hepburn? I mean, <laughs>
1: she, I mean, she was. Um, she had. She used her dancing um, in order to help you know, raise money to um, smuggle Jews out, you know, like that kind of thing. Right, yeah. so, yeah, so yeah. you had a lot of different endeavors happening at the same time. Um, and this is just kind of like one of those, I feel like there's, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just feel like everything, especially now with social media, you everybody has a fight to fight. <laughs> right. And I feel like back then when information traveled so differently and you know you had a lot more personal relation I mean it you know those letters of transit came by with somebody actually going to the people who are like the couriers and and killing them to get those letters of transit I mean like that does not really I don't really feel like that happens it's all all like cyber warfare these days (laughs) everybody getting on their little thing but um I don't know for this particular part I don't know I just feel like they had more of a yeah they had more of a fight in them because it seemed more personal like that's what it seems like to me i don't know i don't know what it was like to live back there but i just feel Obviously, like yeah. this i just feel like this was on a much more personal level um and so i don't know i i'd like to think that whatever his work was doing you know it was not just resisting them but it right. was you know
0: he was just but in the in the film you know he is clearly a symbol of of progress for the movement that he is part of so yeah and and in a way that's probably what the film is supposed to be in itself right it's supposed to be like kind of an appeal to the hearts of people Mm -hmm. uh rather than just showing them the facts it's showing how the war is affecting people's lives on an emotional level
1: Mm -hmm. but i also think that the love story in and of itself is a beautiful story I think it's an amazing Yeah, yeah, I love it because there's so much irony there. I mean, like the irony of of falling in love with somebody and then, you know, thinking that your husband's dead, falling in love with somebody and then having to leave him and then the key to having your husband make it out safely is your jilted lover. From (laughs) I mean that's that's pretty ironic.
0: It is. But it's it is. also,
1: it was enough to twist a knife in your gut, too, when he's making the right decision for everybody. And you yeah. know it, but it's still, you're just like, no. And I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of, a lot was accomplished emotionally when sure. there wasn't a lot of emotion put out there. Does that make sense?
0: As as far as the performances or as far as what like, you actually, what you actually saw Rick putting out
1: I mean yeah I mean he was pretty deadpan the whole entire way you had no idea you had right. no idea really what he was thinking and I mean you knew that he had been heartbroken and that was probably why he was so deadpan but on a lot of the political senses I mean you didn't know which side he really kind of ran for I mean you kind of did you want to hope for the future and I feel like that's kind right. of what this is it's just kind of like it's it's a mass amount of hope <laughs> because he yeah. he has that deadpan. He's kind of middle of the road here, but you hope that he's good, you know? In, right, because yeah. looking
0: at this from our perspective, from all this time later, I've never seen the movie before, but I know exactly how it ends. I know that she gets on the plane mm-hmm. and he says, if you don't get on it, you're going to regret it. And then he walks off into the fog with Louie and uh-huh. says, this is the start of a story with beautiful friendship. Yeah. Like you've seen that scene parodied on The Simpsons and every <laughs> other comedy show your whole life. Did you, you ever watch Cara Blanca? End? Did I ever? Oh no, I haven't watched *Carrot Blanca* yet.
1: <laughs> we should we should watch it. Like we should just pause this and we should just watch it together because it's so fantastic. And it's only okay. eight, it's only eight minutes. But All but right. hold on, <laughs> just like before that though, it's like it really is. I, I felt like it was a movie of in betweens because I mean you have you have Humphrey uh, Bogart and he's like playing the deadpan, like you don't know which way, but you're hoping for the better. Like Ingrid Bergman, you know she's they they didn't even tell her which one that she was going to end up with. Oh, really, okay. until... I, I, yeah, because they even filmed multiple endings. So, you know, some where the two guys got on the plane and left her. You know, where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, there, there, there are other versions that were filmed, so... That would have been <laughs> so great. <laughs> so, I mean, Sorry, she didn't really dear. know. And so she asked the director, she's like, I don't know who I, Like, who am I supposed to be playing for? And he's just like, well, play it in the middle, because we don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So, but you hope for her to end up with him. And, you know, uh, even like... Uh, renault you know you didn't know which way that he was he was so indecipherable for a good chunk is of that, the movie
0: is that Louis? Yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah because
1: you you didn't know i mean yeah he was he was just wanting to wave the flag and in, into whatever direction the wind was blowing at that point
0: exactly but he was I, you got the feeling like um uh, Laszlo says to Rick, now that you're on our side, we're definitely going to win. Uh-huh. And even though like Louie says, well, if I were a woman, I'd be in love with Rick. And he <laughs> clearly has a lot of affection for Rick.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you also get the sense that there's like, well, he just wants to be on the winning side. Yeah. He's got, he doesn't really have much of a dog in this fight. He's just going to be, like you said, going mm-hmm. where the wind blows essentially. Yeah. yeah.
1: So until, until the very end, when he actually had a decision that he could make on his own, to affect um humphrey bogart's character and so he's just like all right we'll just uh round up the usual suspects
0: (laughs) yeah i mean clearly
1: they're the only two people that are standing there so he's just like all right well
0: and that's a very quick like character change really because in that in the rest of that scene he's saying well you know i'm gonna have to insist that you go to a concentration camp and stuff but then once his superior the guy who he's been trying to impress is dead Mm -hmm. it's like well (laughs) <laughs> now yeah. I don't really have to worry about it mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting though because I feel like in by today's standards that's kind of a cop out ending almost. It's like yeah. he just he just switches switches up his mind and well, then they walk off together. I feel
1: like that was a secondary part of it though. Um Right. Because really like the main part of it is everybody vying for you know just like pushing for the the love story to happen the right way, (laughs) you know? And even though, even though they knew, I I think everybody's also still recovering from the fact that he put her on the plane. (laughs) And so I, I, I don't know, at least, at least to me, I was, I was just gut wrenched at the, at the end of that because yeah, you know that they're right. I don't know. There's just, he, you hope he's that doing, dreams come He's true. doing what's
0: right for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And since I knew that was going to happen, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't on the edge of my seat going, what's he going to do? Oh, well, but, I, I'm a
1: whole lot more dumb when it comes to calling movies. Like, yeah, sometimes sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's he's a goner, blah, 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 that kind of thing. But for the most part, I, I don't know. I, I try to make myself brain dead in some senses. <laughs> and so I great. can you su- sort you of You suspend your
0: disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's but, great but it's anyway. but it's uh yeah i just picture it in the mind of the person watching at the time mm-hmm. him doing something for the good of everybody mm-hmm. and and like you said his performance is kind of very deadpan like his actions are really what show what he's feeling inside mm-hmm. like him mm-hmm. um the kid who's trying to win the money to get away and yeah, yeah. telling him to put it on 22 uh-huh. you know he you wouldn't know from the way he's acting that he's really sticking up for love in that scenario but he's trying to help them get through uh-huh. and so
1: and i think you have those sympathetic characters like uh, like the dude who was watching him and he's just like so excited by the door he's like spying yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> it was so adorable. Sometimes it's like, "Oh, yeah. ah, Rick, you do have a heart." And he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about."
0: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's there's there's really a lot of great characters in this movie.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There really are.
0: <laughs> well, do you do you want to? Uh, should we actually pause and watch yeah. Blanca?
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, it's so on- listener,
0: we're, we're going to pause the recording right now. We'll be right back. <laughs> After, with our review of *Carrot Blanca*. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, welcome back, listener. We just uh, watched the 1995 Looney Tune uh, classic *Carrot Blanca*, starring <laughs> Bugs Bunny and Kitty the Cat. I guess. Yeah. Kitty the Cat. Not one of the. Uh, was she the cat from all the uh, Pepe Le Pew cartoons? Was she the one he was always trying to? I think. Assault.
1: I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Mm. Yeah. Now,
0: what do you think uh, <laughs> the difference between the political climate of 1995's Carrot Blanca was versus 1942's Casablanca? Uh,
1: I, I I think it's most definitely a whole lot more mild. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. some Some people that had to go through other things in 1995 might think differently. <laughs> I don't Obviously, know.
0: Obviously the Clinton administration, the Lewinsky scandal, you know, <laughs> yeah. the world was still a very, uh, a very dangerous place. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, when you put it that way, I mean, it's sure, uh, it, it sure does put some perspective on things and we might very well be headed back in that direction. Who knows? <sighs>
0: Oh, oh, my. Ooh, things just got political, it seems.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'll stay out of that one. I'll stay out of that one.
0: <laughs> no, but that was, that was funny. I definitely suggest that the listener uh, go and watch Carrot Blanca on YouTube. But only
1: after you've seen Casablanca.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, you'll essentially get the whole story, and you won't feel like you need to watch Casablanca. Yeah. So if you are just trying to save time... Um, I guess you could just skip straight to Carablanca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could, you could, but nah. You okay. need to hear all the you need to hear all the classic lines, like <laughs> "Who are you really?" and "What did you think?" all that stuff. <laughs> Where are you from? And what did you think? I don't even remember how how it all went, but yeah. Anyway, all the all the <laughs> classic lines. They had most of them in there. They have because they have them. Yeah. Um, I think they have like six quotes. Um, mm-hmm. do you, did you, did you read that IMDb thing?
0: I didn't. I forgot to do it this time.
1: Oh man, but I'm there's so many there's nuggets in there. It's fantastic. Here's
0: looking at you, kid. Oh yeah. Right.
1: There's, here's looking at you. And then there's they Hilla, had.
0: Hill of Greens.
1: Nope. Actually that wasn't the.
0: That wasn't one of that them. That wasn't
1: one um, of the ones that they had listed as part of like the top 100, whatever, what have you. I think it's the first one. It's the highest ranking one with like how 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 many quotes it has and then the next one is gone with the wind but mm-hmm. they have 3 but this one had um like of all the gin joints uh um, in all
0: the countries in all the world yeah yep, yep. yeah and
1: there's the here's looking at you kid there was um i think this is the start of a beautiful friendship um play it sam mhm um they had oh we'll always have paris
0: We'll always have Paris.
1: Yeah. And. Oh, oh, round up the usual suspects.
0: Now, the interesting thing to me is the way that you can see how drama has evolved or changed over time since this movie. Because in all of the, like, parodies or all of the, you know, people adopting lines like that for different things i was very surprised when i watched this to see how quickly he says all that stuff like when he says um if you don't get on that plane right now Mm -hmm. you'll regret it maybe like when i've heard that in other things it's you'll regret it maybe not today maybe not tomorrow (laughs) but someday And for the rest of your life, like a very drawn (laughs) out, dramatic thing. But he's just matter of factly saying, You'll regret it. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Like he's kind of quickly saying it. And the same with the, uh, with the, all the other, all the other lines.
1: Um, I noticed that in a lot of her performances too. um, When she, like, particularly when she was talking about, um, and she was telling him the story of what happened. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like, And if the Gestapo found out that, you know, I was part of his work. Then that was, you know, that would have been it. And yeah, I mean, I I was very impressed with those performances too because it didn't try to dramatize it more than it needed to be in a lot of right. places. It's
0: not, it's not melodrama like yeah, it yeah. seems. To there be are remembered. there are some parts
1: that are you know of course melodrama, but you oh, it, I'm yeah. surprised to see that how much there isn't as much melodrama. You know, all of those. I don't know. You, you get the you get the same kind of old classic Hollywood kiss me, you fool type of thing. But yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, there's there's a lot more that's not dramatized.
0: <laughs> and it just is interesting to me because when when you hear like said that way, I feel like it's surprising that those lines even stood out and are remembered so much mm-hmm. when it seems like they just as easily could have just faded into the rest of the dialogue. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I kind of wonder, and I did wonder how how things become iconic, like how lines become iconic, iconic like that.
0: That was the word I was looking for earlier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I've I've thought about that, like especially the "Here's looking at you, kid," because that that line was in circulation. Um, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. I, I don't know just like some other random lines it would become famous yeah and
0: like, and we'll always have paris mm-hmm. like i feel like uh that that's kind of seen as like this great romantic thing of remembering you know the time in your life when you were always had and really she's just what about us we'll always have paris you gotta go like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not it doesn't seem as resonant with the actual characters as Mm -hmm. I guess it was with the people watching.
1: Well, I mean, I think with the people watching the people who watched it, they they had more context than the actors had. Yeah, because I don't know, like either time passed or, you know, they had they could gain a little bit more insight to what was going on and how how big of a thing he was doing, even if he didn't realize it. Or if he did realize it, I mean, knowing Rick, he's painted as a person who knows what's going on. So he just has decided not to involve himself for the most part because he got screwed the last time he did. Right, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, yeah, anyway.
0: (laughs) The film editing, Owen Marks, let's see here, Owen Marks, what else has he done? Just looking on the IMDb right now. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like he did East of Eden. He did, uh
1: haven't seen that. I've actually, I've actually seen a, have not seen a lot of films. Uh, Right. It's kind of Um, awful.
0: That's been the fun of doing this podcast for me is that uh, it's, it's given me an excuse to actually go back and watch a lot of classics. Like, um, uh, Oh, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, like anyway, it happened one night. Mm -mm, mm -mm, That one, that one's probably my favorite that I watched so far. That was actually the first one I did, but anyway, you you said that they shot multiple endings for this, so mm-hmm. there was obviously a lot of the storytelling had to go on in the post production process, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me from an editor's point of view, because that's the main thing that I do film wise as yeah. I'm an editor. But did you
1: did you pick out I mean, I editing is probably one of the last things I thought about. Did you think of or notice anything of significance having to do with the editing?
0: I mean, not not so much, and obviously you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to, you know, notice mm-hmm. the editing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. you do notice, like, I still notice in a lot of these movies how much of it is one shot long takes rather than cutting from angle to angle huh. over and over. Which I think um, is interesting because
1: I didn't notice that.
0: Which is. Oh. Yeah,
1: I noticed the sound. <laughs> well, and I mean,
0: there's a, f- there's a. F- oh, right, because you're you're more involved with sound. Yeah. <laughs> um but there is there is a fair amount of actual cutting like during conversations and stuff but mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of stuff where like when she goes when um what happened i think uh, after laszlo left she like watches him out the window and then she runs to the bedroom and grabs her stuff and then she walks out the door and you see all that just in one pan across the room hmm. Her doing all this stuff that's interesting and you would see a lot of stuff like that back then and i i guess that that was probably for uh just a financial aspect like you didn't yeah. want to and you know why waste the time to get mm-hmm. like 20 shots to cover the action that can happen in one shot
1: yeah i actually think <laughs> i i wonder what it would be interesting to compare this with other movies that were released that same year to see if it was different with the shot length or if it mattered at all. But I do right. know that they were constrained by budget because of the war effort. Like for yeah. instance, a lot of this, most of this, except for, uh, when major Strasser landed at the airport, they used Van Nuys airport here. Um, and then oh,
0: out, out there where you are.
1: Yeah. And then they, they shot the rest of it on soundstage, all of it. And mm. so, uh, I think one of the other ones was, um, because of the war, they couldn't shoot at night at airports like after dark. Ah, so right. they had to shoot that on a sound stage. and so all of the, the the plane at the end, when they're working on the plane, it's actually a cardboard cutout. That's why it's so foggy and so they That's can
0: awesome so
1: they can mask that a bit more. And then all the crew members were little people to try some forced perspective um, wait
0: they were they were like. Little people, yeah, like not. Oh, wow,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, um, I what I want to know though is how they got if it was maybe just stock footage of the plane going down the runway and turning around right. and taking off, and then off.
0: actually turning around and taking off. Yeah. And then they watch, and yeah. it's that scene is really cool because you can kind of tell that they're in a soundstage, mm-hmm. but that's kind of part of the romance of it, is, yeah, is, not <laughs> is this like it, <laughs> it, it, it shows a world, they create a world. That looks somewhat more like, like magical than the mm-hmm. real world. Like because the plane is just perfectly set there where it's supposed to be and everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting.
0: It is, and going back to that thing about the uh, the longer shots, mm. I think that that put a lot more of the uh, importance on the performers. You know, a lot of a lot of the times i'm not sure if i noticed it as much in this movie there's probably a lot of cutting when it comes to actual conversations and stuff Mm -hmm. but a lot of the movies back then you would have a long drawn out take where you know two people are talking to each other and they had i mean (laughs) <laughs> this sounds silly, but they had to memorize all their lines and they had to perform <laughs> them, you know, in one shot. Who could ever do such a thing? Yeah, but yeah, that
1: is that is very interesting. I mean, coming off of this particular drama, there was one particular actor who had a long uh, monologue and we we basically had to line rate him the whole entire time, you know, because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was not experienced in the long particular takes i guess mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that was that was that kind of downfall of, of having, i mean like we have the luxury now of being able to cut and roll and cut and roll and cut and roll and not have to right
0: working, worry about especially working digital, in documentary which yeah. is what i do most of the time like mm-hmm. you're cutting all the time yeah like. yeah i mean
1: but this was the <laughs> this was the dramatic portion like he was actually oh, okay, playing a okay. character yeah he was playing a character um, but he was an actor that still was not well versed in doing a long mm-hmm. take with a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue, and it was a it was a pretty long monologue. But mm-hmm. he, he, yeah, we had to take him like two lines by two lines by two lines, and it was like. Well, eight,
0: what, eight, was eight. Huh? <laughs> what was his name?
1: Huh? What was his name? Well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Bugs Bunny.
0: <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll we'll make sure that he hears us.
1: Ah. <laughs> <Not laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> <laughs> So, um. No,
0: but it is it is interesting, because you think about the time of 1942, I mean, it's, it's really, to me, it's interesting that back then, a time that seems essentially ancient from my perspective, mm. you know, it's so long ago, the film industry was already kind of old hat for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of people who had already made careers in this, and they had learned how to do their craft, and there were actors who, that's what they did for a long time, you know what I mean? I mean, I like, mean like,
1: that... <laughs> it is interesting but it was still relatively baby if you think about it i mean like in the yeah. 20s and 30s i mean they still had the the Hays code going on so mm-hmm. they had um I, I, it, I don't know i mean that's i i think it's just so magical to think about it about this old classic hollywood and stuff because yeah they 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 had been doing it for a while but i mean you hear these big name actors and like how studios operated back then, when you had actors that were under contract with, say, Universal or or uh, Warner Brothers, but they were lending other other actors here and there, and you know right, how yeah. they got how they got this or how they got um, that actress. And yeah, I don't know, it's just fascinating because it's just so different these days.
0: It's to me, it's always interesting to think about the organization involved with making something like this, and the fact that like back then like they were able to still pull together all these people to work on this immense project Mm -hmm. and i i feel like that makes me sound kind of prejudiced towards people of the past like they were incompetent but
1: it's like you're probably one of those people that thinks that any of the people of the past also never had senses of humor right yeah they they must be dry they're in black and white
0: yeah (laughs) i uh I guess I'm definitely a, a man of my era, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, but it's still just, it's, it's impressive to me because it's challenging for me to organize anything with anybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, this podcast involves me and one other person at a time, and it's still a pretty <laughs> big challenge. Imagine having to get together a bunch of people to, per- wait, they weren't actually in Morocco, right? They weren't shooting no, they're, in Morocco. No, this was
1: all, this is all in the Warner Brothers lot.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like but, say for yeah.
1: some like I think, what was it? Uh, it was some of the stock footage that they had gotten from the streets of Paris. I think. Okay. Okay. Something like that. But f- for the most part, all of it was on a soundstage.
0: That's so, so. cool to me.
1: Yeah, I think it's amazing. <laughs> um, and and they actually, I mean, and due to due to uh, budget constraints because of the war, they ended up reusing a lot of the sets. From previous Warner Brothers productions, and so they, That's so cool. uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's so fascinating. I would love, I would have loved to work in Hollywood back then. It would be so, is, so fascinating. Been,
0: I feel like it would have been like an interesting, like, um, sort of like uh, commune type mentality, or like mm. a is commune the thing of yeah, like a commune,
1: <laughs> like I guess. a
0: summer like a summer camp type (laughs) of thing where like you go to the lot and you you get your job you get your nickel a day or whatever Mm -hmm. they made I don't know yeah but then you're just running around making all these movies
1: I I think they they're I mean they might have gotten like what 25,000 for for a picture (laughs) like this (laughs) (laughs) which is like our like 8 million or whatever million that these actors get paid these days but um yeah, it's it, it. I I think it would be amazing, but at the same time, I don't want to lose that glitter. You know, like even though I know that they had their issues, I mean, even even like hearing the issues of the actors back then, you know, like the turmoil that they went through is the same kind of fight that these people are going through today. You know, right. I mean, there's just like a lot of drama. You know, like a lot of failed marriages, a lot of unhappiness, and you, know, you read up on any of these actors and you're just like man they led just like a a really unhappy life <laughs> like this is yeah. awful <laughs>
0: yeah it so. is pretty sad hey everybody uh we just had a little uh technical uh malfunction go on there uh <laughs> ta- the recorder that Tanya was using ran out of batteries mid mid speech so there was a good 15 minutes of uh, of of podcast there <laughs> <clears throat> that that is lost to the ages, but
1: yeah. half of <laughs> well, it is we were, okay. It's okay that we lost that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but some of what we were talking about was um was the monster of Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how people's lives were bad, essentially, <laughs>
1: and how sometimes it's just kind of nice to keep that keep that wonder. But I mean, I don't know. Right. I feel like they. Uh, yeah, they're they're just normal people, just like us.
0: <laughs> right. Not I mean, but. not just like us.
1: Well, yeah, not totally just like us.
0: <laughs> but they are real celebrities, poop problems. too. Okay. Yeah, and it's especially with classic movie celebrities, it's easy to think of them as kind of ethereal. Is that the word? Yeah, ethereal. Yeah. yeah. Like they're kind of removed, far away, like magical characters. Mm-hmm when in real life they were dealing with relationship problems and work problems mm-hmm. and they're probably being mistreated by the studios yeah and yeah yeah all this nice fun stuff yeah but it is still um, really
1: cool to see how they how they functioned and how that whole entire world was before us because it was a much smaller community than it was than it like than it is now like yeah. for instance i mean and just like how studios operated i don't know if that part got that if that part got lost but I I did find it amusing, not amusing. I, I did find it very interesting uh, to see how things worked, like studios um, contracting actors, and so they were only dedicated to films made by that studio, and then right. studios loaning actors here and there, and you know that kind of thing. That's how they got Ingrid Bergman on this one, and mm-hmm. you know it's just like crazy stuff. Like that. anyway
0: and like I was saying before it it seems like it was almost like a summer camp type scenario
1: oh yeah yeah where
0: I I mean it may not have been fun for everybody but I imagine there was a, a lot of like community within yeah. the studio because that was where everything was happening
1: yeah I think it would have been amazing to be part of the crew there yeah, yeah even just yeah. take pictures on one of those sets I think it'd be amazing ah, ah! yeah <laughs> wish for the thing to get out it's like it's quite impossible were, for that to happen but man it's something that i could wish for right
0: <laughs> they were and they were pumping out movies i mean like mm-hmm. they weren't like they were also making you know shorter like laurel and hardy and uh almost like cartoons but for everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then the the other thing we were talking about with regard to the story in Casablanca is that that fact that uh that love triangle that they had and how uh, what was her name? I forgot <laughs> her name again. <laughs> Elsa. Uh, Ilsa, Yeah. How she? When? Oh, yeah. What it was was that when I found out that uh, she was married to Laszlo before she was with Rick, mm-hmm. that was a big surprise to me, mm-hmm. because I had kind of expected that whatever her reasoning for leaving him was was sort of whatever selfish thing, but really, like she was already in a a marriage with someone she loved and and someone who was legitimately a good guy mm-hmm. and who deserved her love
1: mm-hmm. and somebody and so, she was already committed to
0: yeah and so you yeah. kind of at first you might want to think of of laszlo as the bad guy <laughs> almost because he's like the new boyfriend or something yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but no he's the old boyfriend like that that's the thing like yeah, they're all yeah. really good people and if, if you watch it again because like i i had to watch it twice um, yeah. Because of the whole transatlantic accent thing, and so I read the script side by side with it, which I highly recommend. But um, the second time, you see that last scene of her with uh, in the flashback, you see that scene of her with um, Rick above the piano with Sam, and you know it's part of his flashback, and they're talking about, oh hey, let's get married, you know all that stuff, and you watch her expression, and you realize it's because later you realize yeah, it's because. Yeah that she she found out about her husband and And that
0: he was sick and that he needed her uh yeah uh
1: and how you know she kind of pulled the 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 first rick per se (laughs) to do what was right where you know if she knew like for instance she knew that rick wouldn't have left paris and he would have gotten caught so she had to swallow all of that information keep all of that a secret so he would get out of Paris, but then also go back to her husband, which, of course, you know, is hard to do after you felt like, I mean, can you imagine the emotional wreck that you would have to be? I mean, first you think your husband's dead. Then you meet somebody it's like this roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, let's get married. And then like, oh, yeah, your husband is not only alive, but he's sick and he needs you. He's like, yeah. ah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I felt like all of them were really good characters because... Even, even with uh, Rick at the very—I mean, well, like it's besides Rick and Elsa and what they sacrificed. Even Laszlo being yeah. the one to to also kind of be like, you know, I, I know something happened, but I don't demand any explanation. Like I just, right. I just want her to be safe. Like
0: yeah, and he and the, when they when he was talking to Rick, he was saying that. He wanted Rick to take her and get yeah. her out, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he loved her that much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was, I think, what what informed Rick of okay, she should be with this guy because he actually does really care mm-hmm. about her. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it is had... for the
1: greater good. Like each one of them was doing it for the war effort, basically. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're sacrificing their love. Yeah, yeah, they were. But I mean, you think about the context of this film and when it was made and stuff, and it's just like, is this kind of a propaganda piece? (laughs) And they're just saying, like, cast away your love stories and your (laughs) and and your personal drama. There's a there's a war going on. But it kind of of is because
0: it's saying this war is that important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like this thing that seems like the most important thing in the universe to you it doesn't amount to a hill of beans compared yeah. to what's actually going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it was, it was very interesting to watch these characters give up. So, I mean, and that's why, <laughs> that's why it's such a gut wrench at the end. Cause you're just like, it yeah, is, I know, yeah. I know you're right. I know you're right. But, oh they just win. they just wanted to be together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but sucks. like, even if, sometimes even if sucks. they <laughs> had, even if they had been, Uh, very progressive about it and Mm -hmm. like let's say all of them decided to be in a relationship together Uh not saying that would happen but they couldn't have because there was only two tickets for the plane you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if they had stayed in casablanca they would have died essentially
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm still wondering why an extra person couldn't have gotten on that plane because there (laughs) is at that point there was nobody else holding them back so, right, it was
0: just a plane.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like there's there's well they said it was the last plane. Um yeah. but like uh- yeah, I, I just I just didn't understand why he couldn't have just gotten on there, too. But, I mean, well, of course, he would have been, like, a third wheel. But he's, he had his own work again. He had his own work that she couldn't be a part of.
0: What you didn't see was just off camera, there was a TSA agent. <laughs> and there was a security line and metal detector. And so he just never would have made it through. <laughs> he never would have. Um,
1: that revolver, yeah. Don't even think yeah.
0: about it. <laughs> also, Rick uh, Rick kills somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because if you look on the on the poster of the movie that's on IMDb, it's it's Rick standing there with a gun uh-huh. as though he's this, you know, like he's holding the gun throughout the whole movie. But uh-huh. really, he just pulls it out at the end for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just always interesting to me that like back in the day, it was like, we got to put a gun on the poster. <laughs> or else people won't be interested. <laughs> yeah, that's going to get people in if they know there's a gun in there. Anyway, <laughs> actually, directing <that's>, uh, <laughs>
1: choice. I think they they actually did not want him to wear a hat very often because it painted him more as a gangster which oh, yeah. um which his previous roles he was pretty much known for doing gangster roles and so he they didn't want him to be associated right. with that right so
0: and he still kind of is a gangster because he owns oh, yeah. this place where there's illegal gambling going on but yeah. the uh oh that shot speaking of the cinematography though the one shot where the like Dolly's in on them and he's in his trench coat and his hat and she's in her trench coat and her hat uh, and it like i saw that and i was like I, like i did literally think like oh my gosh that's like the perfect example of that uh-huh. of that like look and it's like oh that's because this is what everyone that came based from. it off of me. yeah <laughs> And then you just think about the fact that, like, did they have any idea that that looked that cool? Or were they just like, oh, they're they're hiding at night. They'd be wearing trench coats and hats. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. now that's, like, the romantic, like, appearance of, uh-huh. the, of the 40s. And it's it's really cool to me.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's so iconic. Because when I was looking through uh, studio stills just to see what it was like, I wanted to know behind oh, the yeah. scenes stuff. I was like, ah, do they have any pictures of of what was happening behind the scenes or whatnot, and they have this shot from that iconic um goodbye scene, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you see the camera there, you see them further off and farther off in the distance with with all the fog around them and stuff. And you're just like, ah, I don't really think they understood the impact. <laughs> <No, laughs> Cinema yeah. like in, in terms of cinematography and, you know, the, the social implications of everything. They were just there's no way they could have known.
0: They had, and they had the fog there. You said, I don't know if this got cut out. I don't know. But you, you said that uh, the fog was there to hide the fact that they were in a soundstage. Yeah. And that they because... weren't at an actual airport. The plane was a cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the crew working on it were little people. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pretty much, pretty much the whole entire movie was shot on soundstage except for when Major Strasser arrived and some stock shots they got in, on the streets of Paris. But Yeah.
0: It just it's it's so interesting because there's it really is iconic a lot of the visuals of this movie is what you look at when you think about kind of that period and that style of movie and so yeah. it's yeah it's almost like there was a higher power pulling the strings <laughs> to 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 make like you just look at it and you think like they didn't even know they didn't even know <laughs> what they were putting together it's so great and it really it really is a a great like a fun interesting yeah. watch
1: and everything. And, yeah, and you think about it as well yes they were pumping out movies but not nearly to the point that we are today i mean like there's right. n- another movie being i mean there's like tons of movies that are coming out and back then i feel like it was even more of a significance because they didn't they didn't pump out like a hundred plus movies every year by some obscure people i mean there were what five five main studios Right. So like there's five companies that put out movies and they all use different actors like or, you know, they, they trade actors, all that, all of that stuff. Right, but it's yeah. in no way as as much of a thing now. So like most definitely they had more of a, a following, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. anything we might have today.
0: Because there was no other thing to look at. There was no YouTube or, yeah, yeah. you know, there was no MTV. There's grass. <laughs> that shows you how, how old I am. Yeah. MTV, what the what the young kids are watching these days. <laughs> but, yeah. They had the just, radio. Just, they had the radio
1: to listen to. There was to. the
0: radio. There was books and there was movies. Yeah, and jazz, like,
1: jazz. Jazz.
0: There was jazz. <laughs> you know.
1: well, a...
0: was, there was no other kind of music. Other music hadn't been invented yet. It was just jazz at that point.
1: Wait, I've got a question. Around yeah. World War Two, oh, no, no, no. I guess that was like more the depression. Good. I don't know. I was <laughs> I was thinking of uh, like when when um, media escapism really took off, and I was wondering if the war was part of that. But I'm trying. I don't. I don't know that for sure. I mean,
0: I guess yeah, during the depression, but certainly I'm sure during the war too. People, I guess, if you were wanting to escape from the reality of the war, you probably wouldn't go see a movie <laughs> about the war. Yeah, no, no, but. No, no.
1: But you would probably I, go see a movie.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's probably by been, default. To some it would extent, have to
1: be one of these five major studios.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. And to some extent I think that's happened since the beginning of entertainment in general.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Anyway. Anyway. Uh let me see. I think that that, that we've fairly covered what we wanted to talk about. Um so I think now is probably the time to start wrapping it up. So, Mm -hmm. Tanya, is there anything that you want to share with the listener, the prospective listener? Uh, There's potential that someone will listen, but it's not a guarantee. Um, But if so, website or Facebook account or Instagram.
1: (laughs) Oh, um, uh, my website is Tanya Musgrave, T-A-N-Y-A-M-U-S-G-R-A-V-E dot com. And my Instagram is T-K-Musgrave and that's about it.
0: <laughs> and for the listener, I mean, do check it out cuz Tanya really is a very skilled photographer.
1: <laughs> and
0: I mean, Thank you've you. done you've done photos for Canon. You've done a photo for Canon, I know. Have you done mm. more for Canon since None then? No, two. Two. That
1: was it. Two
0: photos for Canon. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, and they they know their pictures, guys, so <laughs> check her out.
1: Um oh. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say um, the film that is that I just finished up with uh, Kevin Ekvall um, regarding von Hoffer and what surrounded this time in the war. Um, mm-hmm. That is going to be coming out later this summer. It's called "Come Before Winter." And yes, so yeah. Come if you want to check that out, then you can.
0: <laughs> which may already be out by the time this is out. So
1: <laughs> optimism um,
0: and also. I just thought of it. You wanted you you did make a point of recommending that people read the script oh, either yes. before watching the movie or while watching the movie, yeah, to get the context of it.
1: Yeah, I, I really feel like that has helped because I mean, for for the most part, when when I watch a movie, I can get caught up in the story and the feelings of stuff because you know I I don't really pay a lot of attention to the details details, and I just kind of. Figure out that oh, the tide is moving this way, and you know, like, all I know is that these people need to end up together, and why aren't they that kind of thing? Yeah, but, yeah, but, um, reading the script beforehand or along with it, wh- whichever, um, they really do say a lot of dialogue that puts context into what was going on at the time, and besides fantastic comebacks, <laughs> mm-hmm. um. That you might lose trying to decipher from this transatlantic accent. Um, I would highly recommend it because you can catch that, you can catch the genius of the writing, which I believe uh, this has been this has been dubbed the best screenplay by the uh, WGA. So, mm-hmm.
0: Wilmington, Georgia.
1: <laughs> Writers Guild of America. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's most definitely something worth reading if you don't watch it, because a lot of the genius comes in all the directions that they have in there. Find the original one, because you'll also find some uh, some scenes that aren't necessarily in yeah. the movie. Some things that were either written out because of the Hayes Code, or um, you know, time constraints. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It uh, it will be an enriching experience for for the history like to understand the history and to get some context of the time it'll be it'll be a good thing to read
1: yeah, yeah. highly recommend it
0: yeah well, great and uh you've already given us your your uh, little plugs there so uh, yeah. if anyone wants to find me i'm chris emerson <laughs> on twitter and instagram and tanya thank you so much for being on the show
1: three z's three z's people yes three z's
0: oh i forget i forget (laughs) to mention that Kriz with three z's not one z not four z's three z's three z's but yes tanya thank you so much
1: no problem thank you for having me
0: and uh thank you whoever listened if that happened and uh until next time this is chris emerson (laughs) for real classy where we talk about old movies because new movies are only new for a short time (laughs) But old movies will only get older. <laughs>
1: They've been old for a long time.
0: Yes. And they're only getting older. And that's their appeal. <laughs> that's that's why I say this little catchphrase at the end, in case anyone doesn't get that. Yes. Anyway, good night. <laughs>